Hey everyone, welcome into another edition of the Woj Pod, and this is one I've been looking forward to for a very long time. Becky Hammond, the WNBA's Coach of the Year this past season, and the coach of the WNBA champion Las Vegas Aces, and now my colleague, I have not joined the Aces coaching staff, Becky, of course, is. We might invite you. Well, yeah. <laughs> Come on. You, you'll be... Um, yeah, you won't be winning any Coach of the Year awards <laughs> if, if you had me around. But but Becky's here with us now at ESPN uh, this season, which is great and fairly uneventful first day for you at ESPN, right, Becky? You came in, you broke down some games. Yeah, nothing going on. Well, you guys put me in with a good mix, um, good mix of pros. So I'm 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 green. I'm the rookie here in the room, but I'm certainly happy to be on your guys' team and um, look forward to to working with you all and also uh, learning. You know. Just trying to be a sponge and learn the lingo. I already knew learned new words today, like A block, G block, all that stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. But but obviously, Becky, the Brittany Griner news today that we all awoke to uh, this morning about the prisoner trade and her getting on a plane after 10 months of detention in Russia and returning home. And you spent, uh, it was one of my favorite episodes of NBA Today, you and Shanae and, of course, Malika and, and an array of guests spending the, the, the afternoon on that show, and you've been on all day from Stephen A. on through sports centers. Just awaking to that news today and how I think, especially the WNBA and that community, what a crusade it's been, really, mm-hmm. to, to play as much of a role as you can you could in, in keeping her name in the forefront and, and fighting in every way possible uh, to get her home, what, what was that like to wake up to and, and, and just your, your initial reaction this morning to it? Yeah, well, we talked to a lot of people throughout the day, interviewed a lot, and I think the the word that kept coming up was just relief. Uh, you're just a sigh of relief that uh, she's coming home, she's physically, you know, safe. And I think for me, and I, and I commented it on uh, NBA Today, was just seeing her, right? Like just the visual, seeing her, on the plane as a mom, uh, you know, uh, whether your baby's three or 23 or 43 or 63, they're always your baby. And I think that was just a real surreal moment for me, just seeing her like that um, in that moment that she's going to be reunited with her beautiful wife, Sherelle, and her family um, and the healing that's going to have to take place. But relief, happiness, I mean, like I said, I was I couldn't stop smiling. I mean, the W did not feel whole without her in it. The galvanizing of the WNBA and the women's basketball community the past year, the past ten months around Brittany. You you were in the NBA, and you were in the WNBA as a player, and then you come back as a head coach. I just don't think there's any league or sisterhood or or brotherhood as it would be in the nba or major league baseball or the nfl it just feels like there is no fraternity like the wnba and you you've seen it play out over time in different issues but but this one especially sort of coming back into the league this year i gotta imagine you you feel it every day it's different Mm -hmm. when i first came in the league in in 99 um the league had just started in 97 so you're only a couple years in Right now we're celebrating year 26, 27 coming up. We have been the longest running 
sports league for women ever um, in the United States. And there was such a camaraderie there. Like girls were women were so relieved that they didn't have to be overseas and they could play on their home soil and play in front of young girls and young boys that needed to see uh, strong, confident women, not just playing basketball, but doing other things, being in, in their community. And there's always been that. And when I came back to it, I'll tell you this, the players are much bigger, faster, stronger. The league keeps getting better. Um, but the camaraderie is still the same. It's 12 teams. It is a tight sisterhood. And um, as you said, I don't know if there's any other sports league like the W, but we fought. We've been fighting. Uh, people that came before me fought for me to be able to have those opportunities. And so when something like humanity, you know, humanitarian issue comes up and it's one of your own, you're going to fight like hell. And that's one thing that I know is innately built in most of the women, if not all the women of the W, they're fighters. And innately, you are a fighter. You didn't get there by accident. You scratched and clawed, and those things serve you well in life no matter what you're doing. Becky, just you're processing this in Russia with Putin and all of the politics that went into her detention and her quote-unquote charges and the guilty plea and, and, and a court of law that we know is not a court of law. Your own history of having, like a lot of women's players, played in Russia because that's where at a time where if you wanted to make a living as a women's basketball player, that's where you had to go. Um, you did as a player and then you became, got dual citizenship to play in the Olympics mm -hmm. twice for mm -hmm. Russia. Your perspective, because you know the place and there's people there that you had relationships with and I'm sure still do have relationships with. And then there's a, a leader who I think you called on NBA Today, I think you said somebody who does not have any, any compassion was the word to say yeah. the least, right? Like, yeah. what was that like knowing the place, knowing what you knew and seeing what Brittany was going through here and imagining what it, it, it had to be like? Well, I think one thing that it's hard to uh, articulate for some, it's like you have to be over there and live it in, in a way, like with, with the Russian people. Um, and I, I don't know if I shared this on air, but it's very dark and gloomy and not a lot of talking. There's not a lot of laughter until you get to know the people. But th typically they're very, very quiet into themselves. Um, they think us Americans are loud and boisterous and obnoxious. And, um, but going back, you know, I asked some of my teammates, why is it like that? And it was basically nobody said anything to anybody because there was no rule of law. I could just accuse you of something. You're not going to court. You're going to jail just for an accusation. Oh, they did this. And, and it taught people to just be really secretive, quiet, keep to themselves. Um, but more importantly, um, obviously prison's terrible in any country, but I, it, it's got to be next level filthy and unimaginable in Russia. That That's just what I keep thinking. And it's just like, it would be hard if, you know, you're a family member or her spouse to just not let your mind go crazy and how do you keep your sanity through all that but Brittany's a winner I don't think there's uh any doubt we knew she was gonna survive this um but there's definitely gonna be a healing process through it but the culture over there you know I mean 
there's there's just things that go on. The corruption is so in your face and just blatant. It's just normal. It's not they they wouldn't even you know, we had conversations and my Russian team was like, Oh Becky, this is Russia, it's normal. I'm like, No, it's not normal. It's normal here, but it's not normal um, to have officials paid or to pay off cops or it, I'm like, it's not, it's normal over here, but nowhere else. Well, maybe in some countries, but not here. <laughs> that time when you love the game the way you love it and grew up playing the way you did, you grew up in South Dakota and you earn your way into team at Colorado State and you earn your way into the WNBA and you want to make a living at it. You want to play at the highest level. And when you think back to the decision you make, and a lot of players were making then to go there to play on the Olympic team, you didn't, you would have preferred to play for Team USA. I remember having this conversation yeah. with David Blatt, who was a head coach over head there. Coach, yeah. Right. And yeah. I was with him at the World Championships mm-hmm. when they played the U.S. And, you know, there were some comments from the U.S. side about him coaching. Mike Krzyzewski made a comment, and it was just some gamesmanship, I think, really back and forth. But, like, David Blatt's like, I would have loved to be the Team USA coach. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to be, but I'd want to coach international basketball, and this is a chance, and coached, you know, he coached in Europe. And it's pretty common. Like, there's a lot of Americans all over the world coaching, playing different countries. But it was different, right? It was different playing Ann Donovan, the late great American coach and player called you a traitor. Mm-hmm. She, she was a prom, as prominent of a figure as there was in women's basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, it That was not an easy time. No. Right? No. I mean, I was over playing in Russia, actually. And um, I remember my agent at the time, Mike Count, um, reaching out to USA Basketball saying, hey. And, and here's the thing. I know I was good enough to be on that team. I also know I've never been part of the in crowd, the politically correct crowd in women's basketball. I've been the, you know, not recruited. I've just been not picked, which I wouldn't trade actually, because I know I've worked for everything I've gotten. Um, Nothing was handed to me, but we went and said, you know, if you don't do this, then like I have the opportunity to get a, a passport and play for them. And it was just crickets. We reached out multiple times at that point in 2007, I believe I was runner up in MVP voting. Like I couldn't have had a better year. I lost to Lauren Jackson, who's an Australian. So I could make the case that I was the best American. I wasn't even in consideration. I think it, it goes back to, um, look, I'm going to go where I'm wanted. I'm going to go where the opportunity presents itself. And, uh, that's where the opportunity was. And more importantly, that process changed me, um, as a woman, as a human, because, I was as staunch American, arrogant, you know, we're the biggest, baddest, best. And, and that um, that process going through that, not only that, but just, you know, laying down my own personal dreams of being uh, an Olympian. Because when I was growing up, there was no WNBA. There, that was, the Olympics was the best. I mean, you know, I remember listening to Whitney Houston's One Moment in Time and being like, I want to be an Olympian. That, that was all there was back then. Um, for young girls, that was the 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 top of the top, and um, you know, I, I just wish they could have handled it differently. Becky's a great player, but we're just going in another direction. End of story. Because for me, I'm like, I, I remember calling home. My mom was just in tears. You know, she comes from a different era. Um, you know, she's like, it's better, you know, dead than red, blah blah blah, and all going on and on. I was like, and I just said, mom, 
is what they're saying about me true? And she said, no. I said, good, then don't listen to it and don't read it and put dad on the phone because I can't handle you right now. <laughs> but, you know, a mother wants to protect protect her kids. Um, but it, I don't, we weren't in any wars at that point. You know, I don't, I don't think I'd probably make the same decision um, now being what's time. going yeah. on in Ukraine. It was a different time. And here's the sad thing that is really quite upsetting to me too. Not just what uh, they did to Brittany, but that it kind of sours other people's like they were so good to us, the Russian people, our ball clubs, the my teammates, great people. Um, and it just kind of puts a, a, a damper on the whole thing because um, Sue, Diana, Tina, Tom, I mean, you could go down the list. All of us have been over there um, because they pay the best, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, you know, they're paying us eight, nine times our, our salary here in the WNBA at that time. So I was just bummed that it turned out like this. I was I was hoping, and I actually did a video for um, Brittany right before her sentencing, just trying to appeal to to Putin to like it's it's never the wrong time to do the right thing, and it's time that she come home. Of course, he doesn't. I think I said he doesn't have a mercy bone in his body. That's or, what you said. Uh, gracious yes. or uh, any kind of mercy in him. Um, this is a man that is bombing women and children, pregnant women, babies, uh, and, and just going on a mass murdering spree and uh i'm just super thankful that she's back home gonna be on american soil because what is he capable of i don't think anybody really knows the mind of a maniac you can now stream the most mlb games on direct tv without a satellite dish yes catch the clutch hits strikeouts grand slams web gems with nothing on your roof so whoever's up there whether it's roofers santa birds old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Ironically, I saw in TJ Quinn's reporting that she's landing in San Antonio. Yeah, right? I saw that. So, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. San Antonio, Becky, you know, what's really interesting to me, when you look at everything you've accomplished, and you've had a career as a player, as a coach, that you would dream about as a kid and it's taken you places and you've accomplished things that when you're a kid growing up and you're chasing a trying to just can I get a scholarship mm-hmm. can I break the rotation at Colorado State the last few years sometimes and I wonder how you reconcile it in your mind is sometimes people are always talking with you about the one thing you haven't done and that's become a head coach in the NBA mm-hmm. right and it's a goal of yours or, or it certainly had been a goal and and you go to the WNBA you win a title in your first year, but there are very few peers of yours that are as accomplished who can just go down 
whether it's in Europe, in Russia, WNBA as a player, college, and then in the NBA as a coach, a trailblazing coach, do you have to fight that sometimes that that it isn't just of, of enjoying the day-to-day of this and the journey of this and when everyone else sometimes wants to talk about, you know, if I reported you were interviewing for the Pacers job or go through any of the number of jobs you interviewed for, right? You know, I'm sure you got a thousand text messages. Is this the one you're going to get it calls mm-hmm. the first round of interviews? Are you a finalist where that you sort of like, because you were in this crucible, I think of trying to break through to become the first woman head coach that conversation was sometimes always about what you hadn't done and not always about everything you had done. And as an individual, I just wonder how much do you like, I can't let that dominate how I feel about Mm -hmm. what I've done, what I'm doing. And I've got to look at it differently. Mm -hmm. I think I go back to the original question that I asked my mom is what they're saying about me. True. So, so what's the, the truth. And I think, uh, for me, this, it was a goal at one time, for sure, to crack into that position of being a head coach in the NBA. But I got to the point where I don't need the NBA stamp of approval to tell me that, okay, now you're deserving to be a head coach in our league. Now, it hasn't been done on any professional sports league in the United States. Any professional head coaching job is extremely hard to get. Now, throw in um, the fact that I'm a woman, that it's never been done. Because at the end of the day, most of the time, the people that are doing on the, the hiring are on the hot seat too. Do you want to take this chance and do something that's never been done and, and it means food on your table? Or are you going to just go the kind of the more comfortable route? Um, and I think that's one thing that the Russian thing helped me grow up in was I became comfortable in other people's uncomfortableness with me. And whether it was with the Spurs or whatever, people are always like, you know, how was it for you? How were the guys? And I'm like, you should ask how the guys, how it was for them, because it's new for them too, you know, to have a woman in their, in their mix. You know, so it's, I always try to, A, give people the benefit of the doubt. You know, I remember early on there would be frustrations like, how come I didn't know that or, you know, whatever. And some of it is just position. Well, you aren't privy to some information because you're the lowest coach on the staff. And then as I, as I moved up and I think um, giving people the benefit of the doubt, but I was really conscious and intentional about, you know, one of the coaches would open the door for me, pull out my chair for me. Another coach was like, get in the back of the line. You're the last coach. Both are correct. One was treating me as a woman first. The other one was teaching, treating me as a first year coach. Both are true. And I think um, allowing people the freedom to be themselves around me uh, because I want to be myself around them too. And so not being easily offended by something that was said will, and I think I'm always very conscious about um, playing the woman card in a way because I want to be known as a great coach, period. In talking to other women coaches who had come into the NBA and you saw behind you it started to become, it's rare now to see an NBA bench that does not include yeah. a woman on staff. I mean, mm-hmm. that's got to be remarkable for mm-hmm. you to think about that. Mm-hmm. Like, it was rare to see you on a bench. We hadn't really seen it. And then now, I don't know the exact number out of 30 teams, but if there's not a woman on the bench 
there's probably there's some prominent women in their front office and we're seeing more mm-hmm. women moving up in that world too who are going to be doing the hiring mm-hmm. in time but just i think in talking just the facilities on the road where you would get dressed right where right. you would change and as a mother it's different for male coaches to travel and be away from their children than it is a mother a mother's Lindsay Gottlieb, who's the coach at USC and was in Cleveland and mm-hmm. I've known for a very long time, she had a great saw. She was quoted in an interview recently talking about as a mother, there are things as a coach that your male counterparts don't have to deal with, but you are always going to deal with. And that might be assembly at school, sick kid. That is different than your male counterparts. There are just so many elements to this, right? That people yeah. just don't see day yeah. to day. Yeah. And I think... Um you know, at the end of the day, I think one of the things I appreciate about Pop the most is just his allyship because you need the people that are, quote unquote, the other. So black, white, gay, straight, rich, poor, uh, male, female, whatever, you know, quote unquote, that other is to have people come around you and authentically support you. And I'll say this, even in, in some of my greatest supporters um, everybody has some blind spots because you only know from your experiences. And I remember having a conversation uh, with Pop and I said something and he was like, I'm embarrassed that I never even thought of it that way, you know? And I think that's what makes our relationship so special is we can be really authentic with each other and um, be honest with each other. And um, obviously he's a guy that's hugely invested in me. And so I'm forever grateful and, and love the man dearly. But um, having people come alongside you and, and truly be in your corner um, matters, and not just in basketball, but in life. And I think that's one of the things, you know, even today with, with Brittany, um, people coming alongside and being supportive. But I want to go back to a comment that you just said, pretty soon the women are going to be doing the hiring. And I think this is one of the biggest things that, uh, for me, you can take any coach you want. You can find a reason to hire them or not hire them. If you look, you'll find it with any coach and they could be the greatest because we're not perfect at the end of the day. Um, but the opportunity um, for me with leadership, because I think a lot of people say the right thing, but they don't actually do the right thing. They give you a lot of lip service. I know there's a lot of this, that, I like, I'm always the last one to know. I don't know you because people never say it to your face. And so for me, I'm like, these opportunities that come and and I don't know if that's my goal anymore, honestly. I'm so happy where I'm at that, I mean, I'm I'm actually just crazy about my team um, and have loved being back as the W. So I don't don't know if I'll go back or not go back. I know I love it now, um, but I'm hoping that the opportunities become more and more and um, for women all in all professional sports leagues, not just the NBA. Across eight years in San Antonio, did it ever stop feeling lonely to be the only woman? I, I saw you use that word once, and it was lonely at times. Mm-hmm. Was that at the beginning, or was that would you feel that all the way through well, to the end? Whenever you're the only, only. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, um, it's weird. I, I, it's just a different vibe in ways, you know, because we can go to work, but like, I'm not, 
I'm not super social where I want to go out and just hang out and, and have a good time. You know, um, I'm a mom too. I want to get home and I want to FaceTime my kids before they go to bed. Um, you know, and I think that there's two places that it's the loneliest and it might be, it's the bottom and the top. And for me, I knew I needed a change because I just needed a change of scenery. It wasn't about anything other than a, I, I felt like I was ready to run my own team, but also, um, I needed to get around my family again. That decision to leave San Antonio, you weren't without head coaching opportunities. I know there were I think, big college jobs that would have paid mm-hmm. maybe similar to what the WNBA is paying you. It's a different, that's a very different college basketball to pro basketball and anything. It's, it's like two different sports. It's mm-hmm. two different lifestyles, all those things. For sure. But at the end of the day, and I think you've talked about this with ownership in Las Vegas and the vision they had and being recruited, right? Mm-hmm. Being recruited and being compensated at a level that said, hey, we think you're elite, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to pay you as an elite coach. You're weighing that with, well, if I stay one more year, maybe – whether it's in San Antonio or, you know, your process in Portland, you were deep in that search mm-hmm. and you went and met with the owner. I'm not sure that had happened with a female owner and Jody Allen, who mm-hmm. I would imagine it was the only time in any of your NBA processes you sat across the table from another woman, I, I would think, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, some of these NBA interviews are, they're doing 20 Zoom interviews, right? And you might get a second Zoom interview and it is so hard you know, it's hard to connect with people doing mm-hmm. that. But the Portland one, you had gotten far. So I'm sure in your mind you're going, I haven't gotten an offer yet, but I, I got pretty close, closer mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. I had. And, and you're weighing that, right? Mm-hmm. About maybe another year here, maybe another two years here. Or maybe if I go win a championship in the WNBA, maybe they look at me different. But there are so many, because there's no direct line to do this. Right, right. And I think that's one thing that... Um, I'm really grateful for in San Antonio was the one thing about being a trailblazer isn't people see you on the court, people see you doing your job, this and that, but they don't get to see the nicks and the cuts and the bruises along the way that think about going through a a jungle and you're trying to hack away. Like you get these nicks and bruises um, and beat up along the way in little things, you know, And, and, and some of them very unintentionally. And I think for me, uh, weighing that decision, it was just too good to pass up on. I was like, I had watched them. Um, I thought they were super talented group. But then Mark Davis, his buy-in. And there's something to being wanted. And I felt like they pursued me. And in the NBA, I honestly, yeah, I was close. In some ways, I felt like, oh, it could be this next year. And in some ways, I'm like, we're a good 10, 15 years away from this. Like, so I, I felt at times like, yeah, and then other times, no, we're, we're not, we're not there yet. And, um, but what you, people tend to just gravitate towards what they know. And I'm different. I don't look the part. I don't look like an MBA head coach. It's, there's never been one. So how could I look like one? Um, you know, and so there's a lot of truth in that. Um, but again, they're hard to get. And not only do you have to be a fit, Um, for the team but also in your community you know there's some teams where I'm like you can just take them off right off top like it's just not the right uh, state um, for me to come into Um, but hopefully and I remember pop saying this you know 
he's like, it just has to be normal that they see you hitting guys on the ass and passing and out there doing all the the drills that the other guys do. And it, and it became normal. And I think that eventually no one's surprised when they see a woman out there now. And that's to me a great accomplishment. Like it's not like, Oh, what is that girl doing out there? We we've got past that now, but now it's time to uh, take that next step. I always thought, I'm curious, that, that summer league championship in San Antonio, where the images were, and he, to me, I see the pictures of you in the huddle, you know, making eye contact, and players making the eye contact with you, and then the players celebrating you with you when you win a championship. I always thought it felt like, you said, you got to visualize it, and it's, you say it's just summer league, but what to me was, was seeing that the players are allowing you to coach them. If mm-hmm. people had any doubt whether mm-hmm. they would. When you think back to that, did that feel like when you walked away from that, like that was progress. That was really meaningful in this journey. Yeah. Well, again, it, the visual effect of it, right? And Because um, they were doing it every day during the season. People, but Pop's the head coach and your assistant right. and they don't. It's different. It still looked, it looks yeah, different. It's different. It's different. Um, what was so cool about that summer league team though was the guys, and, and I remember I, I spoke to, to Damian Lillard right before um, they hired my good buddy Chauncey out there. These guys will fight for you when they believe in you, and the issue has never been with the players. I've, I think I've always had good relationships with our guys. Um, it's, it's upper management because these guys ultimately, you know, people I'm like, these guys watched me play. It's not like I didn't come in with any street cred. Like, they're all junkies. They're basketball junkies. They all watch the WNBA. And to me, that's the most amazing thing, too, and bothersome to me in a way. I'm like, how can LeBron James, Chris Paul, uh, go down the list of Devin Booker, Trey DeJounte, all of them watch basketball and watch WNBA basketball? I'm like, why can't Joe Schmo down at the YMCA appreciate this? And one of the things that's most bothersome to me, not to get off on another tangent, but basketball and i don't know if it's because you know 80 percent of our league is black females or whatnot but why is this sport constantly compared to the nba what serena is great because she's great right in her own right you don't need her to you're not comparing her to agassi or anybody else or agassi you know what i mean or take a great golfer like these individuals why can't you just appreciate the skill level and set of these women Without having to knock it and be like, well, they can't dunk. It's like, well, how many times has Steph Curry dunked? Like, he's still super entertaining to watch, right? Like, and I think there's these, people are looking for excuses to hate on it. And I'm like, if these guys who are super skilled understand what it is to be a professional in the grind and how much work it takes to develop going full speed and do a floater, you know, or the touch that it takes to finish. And I was like this, I'm like, Every layup I shot was two feet further than any NBA guy, for sure. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm like, but the respect um, that the guys have always given the the, the women is, um, that's what I want in households across America. Let these women just be great. I, I'm not particularly a hockey fan, for example. I don't feel the need to get on here and say hockey sucks. It's so boring. They hardly ever. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I just I don't understand. I mean, I do to a certain extent. The amount of disdain um, for the that the W gets a lot of times. It's like, what's your problem? Sit back and enjoy the game, okay? <laughs> 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I wonder when you're making decisions on jobs, and it's not changing leagues is far different. NBA to WNBA or back or college, like it's not an it's it's hard to compare one to the other. There, there's they're different. But when people, when there are people who want to attach to you their dreams and what they want for you and what you represent and what you breaking through in one area would mean. And, you know, you wear that, you feel it, Mm -hmm. and it's important to, but you've got to live it. You're the one who has to live with the consequences of the decision. Nobody else does. Mm -hmm. Your family has to live with the consequences. Mm -hmm. How much does that weigh? Oh, man. Um, It used to be pretty heavy it was it was palpable at times um i got to the point where i really couldn't think about it it would it would it got to the point where it was like it was too much if i looked at the whole thing all the time yes it, it would be paralyzing and so i just got to the point where i was just like i can't think about it um and not only that it's exhausting carrying other people's opinions and expectations all the time no matter what whether it's family friends that's exhausting now you put all of womanhood on your shoulders is like damn I'm tired I'm tired um it got to where I was just like I'm just gonna be about my job I want to become the best coach learn the most um I want my scouting reports to be the best you know um and just do a great job and then hopefully that'll lead to other opportunities for more women and it definitely has that's something that I take a lot of pride in um that there is a woman basically on every staff basically in some form or another. Um, because I think, I feel like the, now don't get me wrong. It's not for every, every girl. Like it's not for every woman to, it's, it's a different lifestyle. It's a different animal. Um, but there is a need for it. And I think at the end of the day, going back to allyship, there's some things that women just do better than men. And there's some things that men do better than women. I know people don't like to hear both sides of that story, but we could be very complimentary. Um, and we look at things differently. We feel things mm-hmm. differently. As a mom, I feel things differently. Um, like you said earlier, I mean, a mom's heart is a mom's heart. And that it doesn't have to be better or worse. But I do believe in, and I, and I, this is something Pop lived and preached, but bringing people from different walks of life all the time, that is, first of all, the spice life. But I really feel like that's how you come to the best conclusions is you get a bunch of different perspectives of educated people. Hey, we did this, we tried this. Um, and you come out uh, with what's best for your team. And then you have that uh, obviously buy-in factor because you're a team in itself when you go out on the court. But, you know, Ettore from, from Italy, he, Pop had me, uh, Ime. You know, I have um, Natalie Nicasi, I have Tyler Marsh. I, you know, bringing people in from different walks of life, I feel like is how we get the best game plan right um to put together and present to the team you know and it was always amazing to me is so many players in the nba or or college basketball they're in many cases the the relationships they had with the women in their lives their mother 
an older sister, a grandmother, were among the, if not the strongest relationship. And what I've always found around teams is, and GMs who I thought were head coaches were really smart about having women on their staff was our players are in many cases, not every player, but many of them, some of them, that they're going to relate with and talk to and maybe open up to a woman on our staff in a way they might not with the men because of their life story mm-hmm. and their own relationships and their lives. And it's only smart. This is good business. Mm-hmm. This is, this is we talk about player development. That is such a, it's an asset, mm-hmm. right, to, mm-hmm. to any staff because there are just things and, and conversations that you can have with players that some of your male counterparts, the players just may not, like they're more comfortable with you. Right. Uh, you know, so many conversations that I've had, really private moments for these guys who I'm like, I know for sure they're not telling any other person on staff, you know, the conversation that we had and building that trust and rapport. Going back, I don't think I finished my comment about talking to Damian Lillard, but he was like, I want to fight for you. Like, I will play my butt off for you. I'll do any anything, you know, if you were, if you were my coach. And um, that's one of the things that I felt in Summer League is the guys, it's so weird, like, I felt like they were fighting for me. Like it was, they understood the moment for their girlfriends, for their mom, for their sisters, for their aunties. Like they, the players are not, the players will be fine. Players will be great. It's moving the needle in further up. Is there a day that goes by, Becky, that you don't hear from or bump into or meet a young whether it's a, a women's basketball coach or a player who says, hey, I want to talk to you about your journey and either the way it's inspired me or I feel like I've hit a wall here and I want to know what's going to get better. Do you go through a day where you don't get approached by someone, younger coaches, maybe peers, and say, can you help me through this? Well, now it's getting I'm getting so old that they're like, oh, I watched you in New York. I was eight. I'm like, oh, thanks. I just feel really old now. Um, it happens frequently. Um, I started playing basketball because I watched you. I started wanting to be a coach because I saw you on staff. I I know about you because my sister used to watch you play, and now I'm coaching you with the Spurs or whoever. I'm, I, lots of different stories. Um, uh, girl dads. DeMar DeRozan, how many girls, you know, he has little girls. I mean, there's, there's such an identifying piece that I think, like I said, it's, it's, I walk into the gym and they hug me. Right. And it, that's different. They don't, they don't hug the other guys. And I'm not saying it's better. It's worse. They like me better. No, I'm saying it's, it's different and it's a different voice and it's a different ear and it's a different experience and it's a different approach. And I think, um, you know, not just the W is uh, primarily made up of African-Americans, but also the NBA. And I think they identify a little bit more with that minority part of me. I'm a female, I'm gay. Like, they can identify with some of that struggle. And, um, you know, I think a lot of, if I ever ran into any bit, like, kind of like haterade, I have to say it was from young white guys, mostly if I'm being honest. Um, I don't know why that is. But, well, I do, kind of. But, <laughs> but Some ideas. It, yeah. Um, but the players, to me, they've made it a point to go out of their way 
LeBron James, Chris, but to come, how many of them came up to me, mm-hmm. players, um, in that first couple of years saying they were so excited that I was there. And you know what? That's nice to hear. When somebody's excited, you're sitting at their party. Yeah. Because nobody else has been invited in. <laughs> so the fact that now more and more people are being invited in um, is is special for me, at least. Well, Becky, it was uh, it was great to have It's great to have you here with us at ESPN for as long as you're with us. And uh, I got to keep we'll, my day job. Yeah. Adrian. Yeah, this is, <laughs> one, one trivia question for you. Moby Arena in mm. Colorado State, where you played. My favorite, one of my favorite basketball movies ever was filmed there. Hmm. You got to know what it is, right? No. One on One with Robbie Benson. I've never even heard of that movie. It was filmed at Moby. <laughs> what it year did a, this come out? I want to say late 70s. Robbie Benson, um, it was Western University. I think it was supposed to be like maybe UCLA. Okay. But it's a great, but I went there back in my days of covering the whack. You covered the whack. What years? Um, I covered the whack in Fresno. Okay. Andy Katz and I covered Jerry Tarkanian, so we came through. Um, you know the trip. You fly to Denver, and then you Us. drive up to uh, Fort Collins, and Wyoming. then up to Laramie. That was the. <laughs> yeah. That was that was like that was like you talk about. It's tough to beat the Jazz and the Nuggets on a trip. Yeah. The altitude of Fort Collins and tough places to play. So I was so excited the first time I went to. to yeah. To, yeah, you got to watch. That's a good. It's a short movie. It's I was like born in '77. Well, see, and now I just aged you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, well, I'm older than that, but it's yeah, but it was filmed at Moby Arena. That was the claim, but it's a great, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty good basketball movie. Um, Becky, this is a lot of fun. I appreciate you taking time out to do it, and uh, we will, uh, we will catch up soon. I'm sure. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Woj Pod. A big thank you to my guest today, Becky Hammond. Be sure to listen to new and archived episodes of the Woj Pod wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to also listen to the Low Post with Zach Lowe, the Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst, and the Adam Schefter Podcast with Adam Schefter. We'll catch you next time. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply.